people and me swapping around on them, amen? <laughs> All right, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to spend, I believe, probably, probably two Sundays talking about fasting. <clears throat> and again, just kind of as a reminder, but we're still in the general topic of prayer. Um, that's why when you hear people talk about prayer, it's not uncommon for them to say prayer and fasting. Because it is part of the whole, the whole shebang. So Matthew chapter 6, we've already covered uh, for the forgiveness portion there in 14 and 15. And uh, the seriousness of that is kind of a big deal. So now we're going to go to verse 16. Verse 16. Moreover, Jesus says, when ye fast. Notice the repetition of that same theme again. When ye pray, okay, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces. Like, literally, they actually, you know, if you fast, it actually does make a change in, like, you can, you can look a little pale. If, you know, if you fast for an extended period, well, they would actually add, essentially, makeup to their face to make them look more pale. Because they wanted to be seen, oh, I'm fasting. Oh, I'm so religious and spiritual. Okay, so you get the picture. So, um, for they disfigure their faces, middle of verse 16, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They wanted to be seen, they got seen. (laughs) But thou, when, notice again, when thou fastest, Anoint thy head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now I just want to add verse 33 on here. Okay? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's kind of a reminder again, Prayer and fasting is not about other people seeing us to do so, but it's between us and God Himself. Okay? Now I'm going to tell you, I have preached this message here at this church. I believe this will be the third time. I believe. I know at least the second time. At the very least, it's the second time. Um, but we are going to talk about fasting. Amen. Father, we thank you very much, Lord, for this day. Lord, for your teaching and for your direction. Lord, help us not to skip by this portion of Scripture, recognizing again that you have expected it when we fast. Lord, I pray that we would take it seriously, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When... Ye fast. And I again would remind you that it, there's a direct connection to prayer. In other words, if we're going to talk to God and have a significant communication with God, one of the things that has to happen on our part is fasting. Um, some of you might remember from the, time I, the times I've preached this before that I likened this to a, a reset button. Um, 
Most humans have a, a, a file retrieval process in their brain that sometimes works and sometimes decides to skip town and let you just, you know, look. I, was it the other day I was looking for the word polarized because I've had my LASIK surgery and after you have any surgery on your eyes, you have to wear polarized sunglasses. And I don't remember, probably somebody in the room here I was talking to, but we are talking about sunglasses and all of a sudden for the life of me, I could not remember the word polarized. Like, you know, the thing where it blocks on your sunglasses, the sun, and you know, and you know, and my, it's, you know, because there's polarized and then there's UV and all this stuff. And, and, you know, have you ever found yourself, somebody asks you a question and you go, that, that literally is, when you look up like this, your, your brain has momentarily shut down and gone into file retrieval. That's literally what happens when you find yourself going, click. Your, your, your brain is, is, has stopped all the, in, the immediate interaction. It's searching through the files because it wasn't in ready memory, and it's retrieving that thing from... And what happens is it's a mini reset button. It literally is. It's a mini reset button because there's tons of other stuff happening in your brain. That's when the kids are, hey, mom, hey, mom, can we do this? Click, reset. Let me shut down to all the other stuff I was thinking about. Put all that stuff into you know, short-term memory here real quick. Retrieval, file retrieval, can we do that? Okay. It's a reset. It literally is a brain reset. It empties out the current memory so you can put new stuff in. And we have that same, we have that same thing. I mean, I've got it uh, on a computer. There's a way you can reset your computer. If your phone or your computer ever start running super slow, it means you probably, especially if you're one of those people that searches the Internet and you've got 5,000 tabs open on your phone, you know who you are. Okay, you get enough of that open and your phone starts going, I can't think of anything else right now. You need a reset button. Okay, and often that's why the first thing that most IT people do is, I'm having trouble with my computer. Okay, turn your computer off. Now turn it back on. Why do they do that? Because it resets the memory and tells the computer to start from scratch. This is what fasting does for your spiritual walk with the Lord, okay? It's the closest thing I could say that's a button to a, a reset. Uh, now, what is fasting? I think this is, uh, in our day and age, it's kind of big again. What is it, the, uh, what do they call it now, the, the time fasting that they use for dieting? I've heard some people call it do fasting, but there's something else there. Um, but it's fasting for dieting, you know, so you fast for 16 hours, and then you eat for the other... Intermittent fasting, yes, which actually does work, by the way. I've been using that to some success, watching a few inches start to come off. So intermittent fasting for dieting has, has some benefits. Now, technically, we're probably not really, as Americans, we're probably not really fasting when we do intermittent fasting. We're probably just returning to what we're supposed to be eating, <laughs> what we did before we got all rich and fat and sassy, okay? Okay, because most people in our in the previous generation, three meals a day. Excuse me, the previous century probably, not the previous generation, but three meals a day would have been really cool. Most people had one or two. That was good. If I had one or two meals a day, that was great. Um, this is this is not what the scripture is talking about. It's not talking about dieting, and I want to be sure. Now, is, is there is there physical benefits? Absolutely, um, but. The kind of fasting the Bible is talking about 
is not for your physical benefit. As a matter of fact, if anything, it's to give your physical part of your body a slap in the head. I'm just telling you. That's what really what it's for. Of course, you understand, fasting is the act of abstaining from food. Okay? Fasting never includes complete stop it, uh, stopping of all intake. You, you must drink water. Uh, you must drink liquids. You have to, your body is a large percentage water and you need it to function. Uh, this time of year, I feel like I can never drink enough water. Just the heat saps it out of me and I'm constantly sucking it in. But it's, it's the, the stopping of food, eating of food. Now, you can apply this to other things. Anything you're addicted to, and we'll, we'll, everybody's addicted to something, by the way. Uh, but most of us kind of have to have food. Pretty sure looking around, don't see any ghosts in here. Yeah, all of us in here need food, have to have it, okay? The problem is, is the things that our body does actually need, the body starts demanding in more, more abundance, Okay? And so that's, where, that's why we're here. So why, why? What's the purpose of fasting? What is the purpose? Well, apart from the fact here that, why should we fast, rather? Apart from the fact here that Jesus says, when ye fast. So the assumption is that if you're a believer, you are fasting. That is a part of your walk with God. Now, I just want to put that again. A part of your walk with God. Not an occasional tool I use in my Christian life so that God will give me what I want. Okay? It's a part of the normal walk. What does that mean? That means it should be in your life as a believer in some regularity. It should show up fairly frequently in in the life of a believer. And we're going to really kind of get into that even more. But, of course, here Jesus says we said we would. If you go back to... If you go back to uh, the spot where the, in Luke, I think it's Mark, it's Mark 2 and Luke 5, where the disciples of John the Pharisee say, hey, how come we're doing all this fasting and you're Jesus, your disciples are not? And he says, well, why would they fast? Why would the children of the bride chamber fast when the bridegroom is with them? He says, but when I leave, then they'll fast. And that's a, is Jesus in heaven. Yes. So guess what? We should fast. There's a good purpose of that. So there's a couple things. Let me just show you a few things in the Bible that fasting was used for. And it's funny because it fits right in to the model prayer and prayer in general. But here's where it's used just to repent of sin. Now think about that. How often have we used fasting to receive an answer from the Lord, and yet one of the very first examples we have from Scripture of fasting is not to get an answer from the Lord, but is to talk to the Lord is to tell him, I'm repentant. I just, I just want to pause right there. I, want to, I don't want any raise of hands, but has anybody in the room fasted because you sinned? I want you to, don't raise your hand, don't nod, don't do anything. I want you to ask you that question. Because that's one of the first examples of Scripture. 1 Samuel 7, 7 6. Samuel judges Israel, and they, he proclaims a fast. 2 Samuel 12, David repents of adultery and goes into a fast. In Nehemiah chapter 1 and 9, Nehemiah and the nation of Israel repent, and they do it with fasting. Okay? That wasn't their repentance. That was to assist the, them in their repentance. Okay? In Joel chapter 1 and chapter 2, uh, there is a call by, by the prophet for a national repentance, which was assisted by a national fasting. In Jonah chapter 3, Jonah goes through the town 
and he preaches, you know, hey, I mean, he's upset with them. You know, the, you're all you're going to be dead here in however long, you know, and you know the Lord's going to come and judge you all. And the king says, here's what we're going to do. We are going to fast. So in a need for repentance, in a need to acknowledge my sin, maybe even a need... So that, let me just throw this in. Maybe this would be a good spot for... You have one of those things that's a repetitive sin in your life and you can't seem to get over it, and you wish you felt more guilty about it than you do because you know it's a sin and you know it's wicked, but you just keep doing it and you get mad at yourself because not only are you doing it, but you don't really feel bad about it as a believer and you know you should. Perhaps what you need to include in that is a fast. Amen. Instead of just a, Lord, please forgive me. And on about your day, still feeling kind of, eh. Perhaps you should include a fast. Okay? To repent of sin. Number two, a fast would be included to seek God's face. <clears throat> Not to seek God's answer of what I want, but to seek God's face. In other words, to, to be able to feel like I am... Have you ever had a conversation with somebody who's mad at you? And you're talking to them, but you don't have their face. You know what I'm talking about? They're, they're looking at you, but their heart is not with you. You have, you, have, you have a visual, but there's no interaction happening. Okay, This is to help us get in the place where we can... It's not like God's disappeared. It's because we, are, we have distracted ourselves, And it's time for us to be able to clear up our own heart and life to be able to see God again. Which is interesting because that should come with repentance. Anyways, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. When Cornelius, okay, remember when he, he called for Peter to come and preach to them? They, they sought God in fasting. They sought God in fasting. And, and the Lord answered with Peter the apostle, Okay. Uh, in Judges chapter 20, Israel sought direction from God in their, in their battle. And if you remember this, remember the tribe of Benjamin, that whole mess up where that, that concubine was misused and that guy cut her up and sent her to all the parts of Israel and they all came and they, they decided, what are we going to do with the whole tribe of Benjamin? It's just turned into a wicked mess. And they're, what do we do with Benjamin? I mean, they're one of us, but we feel like we need a, there needs to be some judgment. And they fasted because they didn't want to do anything without God's say-so. They saw something that they felt desperately needed to be done, but they didn't want to do it. And they, so they sought God in fasting to make sure that, is this the right time for a confrontation? Parents... Boiling over. I, I got to say something to my kids. Pause. Maybe we should go into a fast and make sure this is the time and place and that God would approve. I, we could think of any, several other things. If you're an employer, uh, an employee, all those things. To seek, to seek God's face for a, a major event. In Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat, or Jehoshaphat, however you say it, sought God in fasting for help against an enemy. Ezra Ezra, in preaching to the people of Israel, trying to lead the people of Israel in preaching, sought, sought the Lord for direction and protection in fasting. Okay? Esther. Remember Esther? You all know the story of Esther? She asked the Jews, as she as well were going to fast, because they had a serious matter coming up, and they wanted, they wanted God's face on the matter. They just didn't want to you know, do something because, hey, it helps the Jews. Okay? Now, Matthew 17, 
You can turn there if you want, look at it. The stories between chapter, chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. And remember, the disciples are having trouble casting out a demon. And, and uh, Jesus walks along and does it. And the disciples say, why did we have trouble with this? And he said, this kind cometh not forth, but by prayer and fasting. Why? He said, some of, it takes, some of this takes a little bit more on your part, a little more prep on your part. You have to work at this. Some, some battles in our life, listen, some sin battles in our life are not going to be won until we do some fasting. Are you, he- you hearing me? Some, there are some things in your life that have got, well, I thought the Lord paid for our sin. Absolutely paid for our sin. So does that mean you're completely free and the devil doesn't have anything he, can, he works you over with? Yeah, hello. He's not an idiot. He's got some strongholds in your life. How are you going to beat those? Well, some of those are going to require more than, just, more than just you and the Lord and growth. It's going to require on your part some fasting. We'll talk a little bit more about what that is and why that means. Um, the Bible also gives us lots of examples of people that fast. Um, Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, said he fasts often. Paul, uh, is he a respectable Christian? Would, would Paul be the kind of Christian that we would hold up before someone and say, be like Paul. Yeah, he fasts often, he said, chapter 11. Three times Paul said, follow me. In other words, I am doing some good things, do what I'm doing. And Paul said, I fast often. Hmm. Anna, some of you might remember Anna the prophetess. So when Jesus was born, they, they, brought, they brought Jesus to the temple to, to have him circumcised and to, you know, consecrate him and all that. They had to bring their offering uh, Mary had to bring her offering for, you know, after, the, after the birth and all that. And they, they come in and they see Anna and Simeon, I believe it is. And Anna is someone who fasted often. Why? Because she was seeking the Lord. And she knew that, there was, that something was going on. And so she, instead of, instead of just being relaxed, oh, the Lord's going to do something great, I'm going to get to see something great, she increased her fasting. Knowing that something important and big, that God was going to be doing something in her life, she increased that fasting. She was, it was a part of her normal service to the Lord. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time here, but the Bible actually talks specifically to preachers about fasting in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, basically saying that it, it's, it helps as improving them, that it's a part of what their life should be an establishment and even exhibition to others, that we are a minister of God by fasting. Okay? Church leaders are addressed in Acts 13. Think about Acts 13. When they sent out Paul and Bar- Saul and Barnabas at that time, or Paul and Barnabas to go out and preach, the leaders of the church were praying and fasting. Well, I just don't understand how come our church doesn't send a lot more, more uh, people, that, why people aren't being called to preach. Church leaders, deacons, men of the church who have been deacons, might be a deacon. Are you fasting? Are you fasting? Are you in prayer and fasting about this matter? Because we should be. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the, here's the standard response, because we all know we probably should, right? Y'all here? We all know we probably should fast, right? Does anybody really want to? As a matter of fact, we got life pretty good. There, there could actually be a, maybe almost a point of saying, I really don't need to fast. Why would I need to fast? I mean, I... What's, you know, and of course, then the question would have to be, why wouldn't you admit that you need to? But we'll just keep on going. But I don't need to fast. Why would I want to do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
Um, I know why I wouldn't fast. Because my wife's a great cook. <laughs> it's really hard to come home, you know, and I, yeah, I'm in the middle of my fast. And, and this is not her fault. She's just a good cook. So the kids, what they're eating, stuff mom made, you know. Oh, these are the best calzones ever, mom. Drool, drool. Oh, that does smell so good. You, you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to fast. How long are you going to fast? I don't know. <laughs> Until the meal smells good. <laughs> I like food. We uh, did some grilling last night. I cooked up some chicken breast. I grilled some chicken breasts. I grilled some steaks, and I grilled some pork steaks. I'm telling you what, it smelled fantastic. I mean, for heaven's sakes, and that was because last night or the night before, we were outside, and somebody else in the neighborhood was grilling, and it smelled fantastic. Like, okay, we got to fire up the grill. I, not a big fan. You know, anybody here like roast and taters and carrots and noodles and baked potatoes and ah, fresh-made biscuits? There's lots of good reasons, and I, I'm telling you, I like food. I, I have a hard time fasting because I like food. I don't want to fast, or I, I'm, I'm I don't want to fast because, well, you know, now, isn't this the isn't this the the answer of a very spiritually humble believer? I'm spiritually state state. I don't need to fast right now. Everything's going great. I'm awesome. And Paul increased his fastings. That's kind of interesting. Or this one, I, I just don't know if I can do it. I get a headache. Well, yeah. Was it day three, Tyler, the headache goes away? Day three, yeah. I know, I know Tyler and I both have done some extended fastings, but the headache, literally after day three, there is no headache. It goes. Uh, and the first day, you're incredibly hungry. Headache shows up on day two, disappears on day three. But, and you will get a headache. As a matter of fact, I think sometimes... Your body just gives you a headache even though you fasted like you know, an hour past lunch. I'm dead serious. You might think I'm funny. But, you know, here's how we need to look at that. Well, I just can't because it's too hard. You want the real answer? You have no discipline. It's too hard. You have no self-discipline. I don't know what else to say. No self-discipline. And I don't know if you know it or not, but that's kind of where we're going for the reason for fasting. Well, I got meds I got to take. You know what I've discovered? Every doctor understands that people fast, and they will help you. You talk to your doctor and say, I want to fast. What can I do? What do I need to do to fast? They'll give you an answer. They will. Okay. Now again, we're not talking about fasting for dieting. Okay, we're not, that's, we're not, the Bible never uses fasting as a health supplement. Okay, <laughs> This is, this is a, a spiritual need in, in your life. Listen, now here, here might be an honest answer about why we would not fast. You know, I'm just not sure I want to go hungry for that length of time and not get an answer. Now let's just be honest. I'm not sure that I want to give up food and then God not give me what I want. I mean, I mean, answer my prayer. You hear what I'm saying? I think James is the one who talks about that, right? From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts? 
that war in your members. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Often, this is what we do. The reason that we fast is because we want a desired goal instead of we want to find out what God's desired goal is. And the Bible, James here in the rest of this passage says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us, in us lusteth to envy? I tell you, this body wants nothing to do with not eating. It wants nothing to do with it. Uh, it's why the first time somebody fasts, they feel like they're going to die. And then they can spend actually like living quite a long time without food. And the whole time, oh, why? Because the body's over there going, you idiot, what are you doing to me? Listen, you need to fast. You need to fast. Here's why. Here's why. Here's what fasting does. The most common early term for the word fasting and used in the Old Testament means this. Afflicting the soul. Afflicting the soul. Now, I want, I want you to connect the dots there. It's a, it's a physical action. Hear that? Fasting that has an effect on your soul. You connect the dots there? So you understand that your spirit and your soul and your body, they're all connected. And what happens to one happens to the other. When, uh, when you are extremely down about something, you've been hurt uh, because of the loss of a loved one, it doesn't just affect your soul. Your body has reaction to that as well. I mean, it's all involved. When your body gets sick, it affects the soul and the spirit. I mean, these things, these things are, are interacted much. And here we are, fasting called afflicting the soul. And uh, it doesn't just go against what our body needs, sustenance. But even now we're getting into what the soul wants. <laughs> you know, the soul being your person, your personality. You know, the person that I am. But not, not, we're not talking about the spiritual part per se. But listen, when... What does your soul enjoy? Now, have you ever heard the term soul food? Yeah? Y'all heard that? You, you all may not like the particular kind of food I'm talking about, but you know exactly what that means. It's the, uh, it's the meal that makes you feel something. Like, you eat this meal, and it's, there's a pleasure in the meal beyond the taste. Like, maybe it takes you back to a, a warm and fuzzy memory. Or make, makes you think about, you know, oh, this makes me think about what mom, how mom. Like, if you ever get to Cracker Barrel, go to Cracker Barrel. I swear, they stole my mom's recipe for apple dumplings. It's exactly what my mom makes. So if I go to Cracker Barrel, and I've, I've got any room left to eat, and I have an apple dumpling, I, I, it's like I'm eating my mom's apple dumplings at her house. And I'm telling you, there's a, that, connect, that hits the soul. You hear what I'm saying? You're, you're, there, because we've traveled a lot, if you can name a town that I've been in, I can just about call you out the restaurant that you need to eat when you get there. Because it wasn't just the taste, it affected my... Why? Because the soul likes all that, doesn't it? It likes the creative, the cool, the awesome... 
And you know what fasting does is it helps get the attention of not just your body, but you, your soul. Like, hey, it's time to get attention here. It's time to get, time to get you in the place. It helps me that, this is, if I could put it this way, David called it this, Psalm 35, David says he humbled his soul with fasting. Psalm 35, 13, he humbled his soul with fasting. What, what does that mean? You know, the body likes taste. It enjoys taste. Okay, I, I get that. But it's your soul that puts the desire in there to have that repeated taste. I, I'll never forget the day I went to, went to my wife's house before we were married. We're over there for lunch. And I uh, said, you want a grilled cheese? I said, sure, I'll have a grilled cheese. And I watched my wife go over there, and she popped a couple of pieces of toast in the toaster. And I'm like, what are you doing? Making grilled cheese. I'm like, that is not a grilled cheese sandwich. What? And so everything had to stop. Where are your pans? Where's the butter? Where's the bread? And I taught her how to make a grilled cheese sandwich in the pan. I mean, like, you know, the real deal. And, you know, that's just because that's how her family grew up. But it was, it was hilarious. But I'm telling you, there's something about a good grilled cheese sandwich. And you know if you've ever had a bad one, you know, like it's 100% bread and about this much cheese. You're going, can I get another glass of water, please? But you get a good grilled cheese sandwich and it's still hot and the cheese is melty, you know, and you, can, you take a bite and it kind of it just strings back, it lands on your lip and burns a fire. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Maybe with some good sourdough bread. I mean, just really good. You know what I'm talking about? It hits. It hits different. Do you know what fasting does? It teaches me that whatever my soul happens to want at the moment or my body happens to want at the moment, it's not the dictator of my actions. Oh, somebody's grilling steak. You can't afford steak. You hear me? What fasting does, it teaches my soul and my body that they are not the dictator of my actions. I'm just going to tell you, most of the time, we are driven, and food is a big driver. We use food for enjoyment and pleasure instead of for fuel nowadays. I mean, I read, I read I've read, the, you know, some of the Oregon Trail books the, where they actually, not the, not the fiction kind, but the nonfiction, where they actually talk about their travel through on the Oregon Trail or the Yukon Trail, and you read some of the stuff that they ate, ugh, it's disgusting. And they'd, they'd get to a restaurant and actually get to eat a meal, and it's a big deal because they know they're going to spend the next two weeks eating pemmican, which is the nastiest jerky you've ever had in your life. Or dried up bread that's full of protein that lasts forever. I mean, it's just, you, you, does everybody hear know what I'm talking about? They use food for fuel. What, what fasting does is it helps me begin to put the body back where it belongs again, not in charge. But Paul said that he buffets his body daily. Why? To help his body realize it's not in charge here. It can drool all at once over the amazing Chinese food that's happening. And, the, and you can say, that's not what's important to me right now. Listen, 
Just think about how hard that is. Fasting, because just because you're fasting doesn't mean everybody else has got to fast. And it doesn't mean they all got to hear you whine about it the whole time they're all eating great food and you're not. Hello? Nothing wrong with them eating great food, is there? Nope. And there's nothing wrong with you not eating it, is there? Come on. Fasting. Fasting helps me realize that my wants and desires are not the dictator of my actions. It chastens the soul. It begins to teach the soul, you're not going to get everything you want. There's a, there's a better purpose for this. What we need to do, soul, is be a little less interested in the food and a little more interested in the God who provided the food. Amen. Well, you know, I, our country, man, just headed south. I mean, it's going to hell in a handbasket, you know, just... Man, I just I just hate it. Really, how much do you hate it? Are you fasting over it? Or are you complaining about the steaks as you fill up your grocery cart? The price of the steaks. Man, I can't believe I'm I'm having to pay ten dollars a pound. Eight dollars a can't believe you hear what I'm saying? You know, in the Bible when they worried about the country, they proclaimed a fast. In the Bible, when they were concerned about a brother, they, had a, they fasted. In the Bible, when they were concerned about their sin and a lack of grief over their sin, they fasted. Why? Because for somehow in the process, the balance has shown up that my body is now more important and what it wants and the things it desires. And listen, when I can't tell my body no, it's a good time to say, uh-oh. Well, how do I know that? Try to fast. <laughs> I'm telling you, you want, it, you want, it, you want an indicator of, of how much your flesh is in control right now. Tell your, tell your flesh that tomorrow you're not eating. It won't even be tomorrow and you'll be hungry. I'm just telling you. I, I know this from experience. In the morning, I'm not a breakfast person, but I'm going to fast today. It's like all your body can think about is bacon and eggs and biscuits and butter and jelly. You hear me? That's your body going, you can't do this to me. And you know what, you know what fasting says? Uh, you're not in control here. And it's more important to me that my relationship with God is where it should be than that my tongue and my soul get to taste the things that they want today. Amen. It keeps the body in subjection. 1 Corinthians 9. Verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. What's, what are you trying to obtain? 400 pounds! <laughs> now, And every man striveth for the, for the mastery is temperate, moderate, self-controlled in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, listen. Some people go, oh yeah, I know a few people who need to fast. Uh, uh, this wasn't for them, this is for you. It's for you. You need to fast. You do. I do. Fasting is something that helps reset your spiritual life to put the body, instead of like, like on your phone, the, the internet search history bloats 
and on your computer, and it takes, it takes every available thing that's, every available piece of space that there, that's there, slows the whole phone down. Well, my spiritual life is just messed up right now. Yeah, that's because what's happened is your body has bloated. <laughs> your body has taken over the flesh, and the soul has taken over and filled it with itself, it's with its own desires and its own wants. I mean, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. My son and I, our first questions in the morning after we're cognizant enough to speak is, hey, Mom, hey, Dana, what's for lunch? What's for supper? We're already planning. Well, I'm gonna, I don't want to eat this so much of that because I want to eat some more of that, so I'm going to lay off some of this and eat some of that. Or, you know, very, you know what I'm talking about? You need to fast. Some of the greatest battles, in your, some of you are in this room right now, and you are facing some of the greatest battles in your life, and you're not fasting? I'm going to talk to the, the deacons, the men who have been deacons or think they might be deacons. You are helping to lead a church, and you're not fasting? Believers? You're, you're, you are walking with the Lord. You're wanting to see prayers answered. You're wanting to be a, a better leader, uh, uh, leading, being able to lead people to Christ, and you're, you don't see that as serious, serious enough to maybe just skip a meal? I mean, stop and think about this. When you get to heaven, what's going to be more memorable? The fact that you got to lead a soul to Christ or a roast beef sandwich? I mean, let's, let's be real about this for a second. God is first. His kingdom is first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And this is all tied in with our prayer life, our communication with God. Let me tell you, the, the doctrine of fasting is something that has been too long neglected in most believers' lives. And listen, you need to make a good distinction in your brain that you're not fasting for dieting. As a matter of fact, if your body starts trying to say, well, yeah, there's some health benefit to this too, just stop right there. Just kill it right there. And no, listen, this is about, this is about my spiritual walk with God, and that is it. Amen. Amen. You need the fasting reset. You need the fasting reset. I need the fasting reset. There are too many important things that we need to make sure that we're on the same page with God about. There are just too many important things that we just cannot ignore fasting. Now listen, I know there are a few, there are a few people, it's fewer than would claim, but there are a few people who have, would have a medical issue with fasting. Talk to your doctor and find out what you can do. One of the things that the Jews did at certain times was they would, they would put away all pleasurable food and only eat stuff that they thought was gross and bitter. Well, I just can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. And by the way, fasting can apply to more than food if you want to get real truthful about it. We've talked about this. I think it's the best way to get your body, to tell your body that it's not in charge and that I'm yielding myself to God, but you can, you can fast many things. What are you addicted to? Quit. <laughs> Turn it down for a day or three. See what, see what your body does. When your body starts whining and fussing and complaining, you, you know how much your body thinks it's been in charge the last little bit. And your body does not need to be in charge. We have to yield ourselves to God Almighty first. 
And our body wants to yield itself to itself, Almighty. Amen. All the time. You need to fast. Your prayer life needs you to fast. Your walk with God needs you to fast. This church needs you to fast. Your brothers and sisters in Christ need you to fast. Your kids need you to fast. Amen. Amen. There's lost people out there that need you to fast. They need you to get in touch with God again. Amen. Father,